I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Bubbling Adventure, a podcast all about kids and how positive education and conscious parenting can impact their entire life as well as society. I am your host, Julie, and each Thursday, we are having conversations with guests on different themes, and our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view, and learn in a non-judgmental way. Today's episode is part of the Life Reflection series, where we talk to someone and discover how their education impacted their life. There's a few episodes that we did like this in the past and I will have them linked in the description box so that you can check them out if you're interested. Today we are talking about Tom and this episode is definitely a roller coaster so you will be hooked until the very end. Tom's life has changed when he was eight years old and he is sharing his story with us today. The best way to support this podcast is to subscribe if you haven't already and write a review if you're listening from Apple Podcasts. Spotify also has a feature where you can click on the five-star button. It literally takes two seconds, but it is very helpful. But without further ado, let's begin. Cette chanson. Maman, papa. Maman, papa. Hi Tom, how are you today? Good morning, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on. It's a pleasure to be here, Julie. Thank you again. Perfect. So could you please introduce yourself to the audience? Yes, uh, my name is Tom Friedman and I'm talking to you from my home in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I was born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is in California, and for the international listener. And I spent roughly 30 years up there. My children, my two boys, who are now adults, were born up there. And they were raised in Orange County, California, which is Southern California. So spent about 50 years in California. And a couple of years ago, during the pandemic, I moved to Las Vegas. Nice. That sounds good. I've never been, but always wanted to go. I think there, like it must be, I think it's probably different from what people think, right? Like to actually live there. Uh, California or Las Vegas? Uh, Las Vegas, sorry. 
well, Las Vegas. So yes, people ask me all the time, oh, are you, do you go do this? Do you go do this? No, people who live here, we mm-hmm. don't gamble. We exactly. don't gamble. And we don't go down to the Las Vegas Strip and spend five times more on a steak than you would um, <laughs> just outside off the Strip. But it's just like California. Um, you can have a lot of fun in both areas, but you can't have fun every day. Yeah. You, you can't go out and do the nightlife every night, but it is definitely fun. Uh, the best part about Las Vegas to me is that on any given night, I can go see any type of concert mm-hmm. from any type of music. Right. And that's, that's the cool part. And I guess maybe one question before we begin with the core subject would be, did you have any worries raising your kids? in las vegas or not i actually raised my kids in california Um, my oldest son is 29 right now he made a grandfather last year and my youngest son is 25 he lives in california um would i raise my kids in las vegas probably not as an adult i love living here (laughs) okay well congratulations on being a grandpa that's amazing thank you so could you please tell us about your childhoods what happened I guess something happened when you were eight years old and so, I'm interested to know a little bit more about the before and then yeah you know the after absolutely absolutely something definitely happened at eight years of age so I was born in the summer of 1969 in San Francisco California and I was born in July and roughly seven weeks later um, I was adopted And I was adopted into a beautiful, healthy family. Uh, My parents had my older sister. And then five years later, they adopted me. 18 months later, they had my other sister. And then five years later, they had my other sister. So they ended up having three girls. And they adopted me right in the middle of Mm it. Well, they adopted me and I was, you know, I, I, until my parents had passed about 15 so, or so years ago, we had a rather loving, wholesome family. But at eight years of age, I started acting out. At eight, nine, 10 years of age, I was, I was pushing the envelope, so to speak. I was figuring out what I could get away with. I was an eight-year-old boy. I don't know how it came up. I can't remember the exact reason why it came up, but I remember sitting with my mom, sitting in my bedroom. And it was on that day that my mom told me that I was adopted. Mm. And when she told me I was adopted, she did the absolute best she could do in telling me why I was special, why I was a gift from God, and that I was going to be a part of the family, always had been a part of the family, always will be a part of the family. They don't look at me any different. So she did everything that she was supposed to do. The problem was that I was eight years old and I heard what I heard. So I heard I'm special. I heard I'm a gift from God. And while that ultimately ended up hundreds of hours of therapy later and thousands of dollars, I, I, I ultimately found out that that was a great answer. Mm-hmm. I'm special. I'm a gift from God. To my parents, I was special. 
to my parents, I was a gift from God. But when I heard it at eight, I heard it as, why aren't you telling me the truth? Mm. Just tell me why someone didn't want me. Tell me why you adopted me when you already knew you could have kids. Tell me why. And so that little eight-year-old heard it the way he heard it, processed it the way he processed it, and ended up ultimately choosing a path for the rest of his adult life that didn't need to be chosen. And that path was not the path that you would want. Let me explain. A child who is adopted, we all share one thing in common. We all suffer from abandonment, an abandonment issue. You know, the biological mother is going to suffer from the guilt of giving up a child. Mm-hmm. And I say, I say this with great certainty, but not 100% fact meaning not all parent, not all mothers are going to feel the guilt not all adoptees are going to have the abandonment but the overwhelming majority of us do well that abandonment issue ends up becoming a real problem if it's not addressed mm-hmm. how did it show up well divorces changing of careers not getting too close to people from a friendship or a family perspective, the list goes on and on and on. I don't want to be abandoned again, so I'm going to leave before someone can hurt me. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to quit my job before I get fired. I'm going to leave this relationship before someone leaves me. Mm -hmm. And it's a terrible way to go through life. Yeah, you're always fearful, right? You're always fearful, always fearful. And it was in, uh, it was the end of 2007. And my boy's mother, um, she called me. I was at Little League. I'll never forget it. I was at Little League and I was coaching one of my kids or one of my kids was being coached and I was watching. And she said, hey, Tom, I, I need to talk to you tonight. And I said, you know, as long as it's not serious, Hmm. I just found out that my dad's cancer came back. And I think this is probably, this is probably it. And she says, no, it'll, it'll be quick. It'll be easy. Don't worry about it. We'll just talk when I get home. Well, when she got home, she sat me down. She handed me a piece of paper and said, I'm leaving you. And hmm. here's what I'm prepared to give you. And I'm thinking, what part of, as long as it's not serious, you know, here's my dad who's going to die. My, the mother of my children files for a divorce, I, what's going on? Mm. Well, that was about 15 years ago. I've been through multiple relationships since. This August 7th, I will have seven years of sobriety. Um, my alcoholism got out of control. And I've been in therapy for the better part of the last six years. So, yeah. Mm. The adopted child processes things the way they process things yes yes not everybody reacts to trauma in the same way and for you were you able for example to because so your mom 
broke the news when you were mm -hmm. eight years old. And then how was it like now that it was out in the open, were you willing to talk about it or were you not? Or for example, even with your sister, because she was five years old when you came into her world, I don't know how you were, you know, functioning as a family and where you got your answers. Well, the most, the, the meanest creature walking the face of the earth is another child. And while I love my sisters, anytime any siblings, someone always has to win a, an argument and kids are just mean to one another. They're mm -hmm. just mean. So anytime someone really wanted to win the argument, they just had to remind me that I was adopted. So they oh, didn't know, they didn't know what they were doing. They were kids no. too. No, no one meant anything by it. I mean, but yes, I was pretty open with the fact that I was adopted. I've always been open. I've always shared with people. Uh, talk therapy for me. I'm just going to tell you about it. Is that because it's something important to you and to how you view yourself, like your identity? It's, it's a great question because I talk through things as my way of processing and I get people's feedback so that I learn. When people, I would share with you, I'd say, yeah, Julie, you know, I'd meet you at a dinner party. Oh, I'm adopted too. And Julie, you would say to me, you are? And my response as an adult would be like, yeah, I mean, did I levitate? <laughs> I mean, I... It just was so odd to me that you would look at me with that type of reaction, like, oh, you're adopted. Oh, like, I'm not any different than you. You adopted your dogs. You adopted your cat, your, your household pets. We all adopt things all the time. I'm just a human being that was adopted. Don't look at me like I have a third eye or something like that. I'm just like you. But it was the response that I got from people. And I became very much a smart ass. You know, the people were like, oh, I know someone who's adopted. I was like, oh, yeah, we have a secret handshake and everything. I mean, you know, <laughs> we, we, we get together on the weekends and we talk about mm -hmm. all you people who are normal. I would become a smart ass with it because there's, we don't, I don't look different. No, I don't sound different. I just have something inside of me that has to be resolved. It has to get fixed. Mm -hmm. And luckily I fixed it. I got mine fixed. Yeah. And I'll tell you about it if you want to hear about it, but I, I got mine fixed. No, of course, we're definitely going to talk about the process because I think it will be interesting for many people. And I don't know why some people need to react a certain way when you tell something because even for example I remember traveling and saying oh yeah I'm French and they're like oh my cousin's been to France you know three years ago and you're like okay cool <laughs> so it's a bit the same you're like oh right yeah right like <laughs> right right yeah 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 when and when you know it's like uh, oh I know someone who's gay oh good for you I'm glad mm. yeah yeah I get it so it's Yeah, the whole the whole thing is uh, <laughs> it, it's just, I, people just don't know how to respond. So. But maybe, for example, maybe it would be interesting, like you were saying that you're saying that as a talking therapy. Do you know or do you still don't know what would be like 
a good response from people. That is so awesome. That is so great. Okay. Good for you. Mm -hmm. How lucky you are. Anything like that. Mm. Anything. Anything positive. I mean, just, you know, I've been dating this gal and she's absolutely wonderful. And she's been working with rescue animals. And so there was a good portion of my life where I would buy the family pet. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd go to a breeder and I'd pay for the family pet. Well, dating this gal, I started to realize that rescue mm -hmm. is so powerful because not only am I giving a dog or a cat a home, but I'm adopting that dog. I'm taking that dog and I'm giving that dog an incredible opportunity mm -hmm. that that dog might not have had before. Just like the teenagers who gave me up for adoption gave me the opportunity. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, for sure. And here I am 52 years of age and I'm learning something new. <laughs> But that's great. Like we keep, mm -hmm. we, we need to keep on learning all the time. Right. Right. And so you had the, a few trouble years then yeah. like especially I guess did it start when you were a teenager or before yeah so it I my childhood I look back on the first 18 years of my life and you know people people say you know there's two things number one I've always heard this oh high school will be the best four years of your life <laughs> whoever said that never went to high school I can no. promise you that okay <laughs> And then I hear some people say, boy, I'd love to redo my childhood again. It was so great. I would never redo my childhood again. Never. But when I look back on it, I had an incredible childhood. I was very lucky, very fortunate, loving family, roof over my head. I could have been raised in much worse conditions, right. but I'm not sure I could have been raised in better conditions. I just wasn't happy. I didn't feel as if I fit in. And so when I got to high school, I started to rebel. And by the time I got into my 20s, I had pretty much decided I'm going to do things a certain way. And that was my way. Mm -hmm. I got married, had a family, white picket fence, dogs, the house, the whole thing. But I was miserable. I was always trying to be something, always looking for something, always looking for what tomorrow would hold and never really paying attention to today. Well, I started drinking in my early teenage years and it got progressively worse. Mm -hmm. Lost my dad in 2008, at which point, so I got divorced, lost my dad. And I was living in Southern California and I made that decision. I'm going to be a good example for my kids. So I went back to college. I started a new career. And I really wanted to be able to show them, hey, you can turn your life around. You can overcome adversity. Well, mm -hmm. to this point, I still hadn't dealt with that eight-year-old boy. Yeah. I was just trying to manage life mm -hmm. without a handbook. I was trying to manage it. I was trying to live like how other people live. Well, it was a disaster, an absolute disaster. So what ultimately ended up happening was I jumped into another relationship and got married and started a career. And I love the idea of being married, 
I loved my career. I just didn't like who I was married to. And I didn't like where I was working in my career. But I still wasn't addressing any of the underlying issues. And then my mom got cancer. Mm. And as I was going through the process of losing her, my alcoholism just became out of control. Yeah. And I had pretty much at this point lost my oldest son. My youngest son felt sorry for me. So he didn't leave me too. And by the time my mom died in the spring of 2015, I was a disaster. I was about ready to lose my career. I had pretty much lost everyone in my life. And on August 7th, 2015, I decided to get sober. Mm -hmm. And from that point, you would think that my life got better. Well, it didn't. It had to get worse. I hadn't hit the bottom yet. So roughly a year after my mom had passed, so the spring of 2016, I was suicidal. And now I'm sober. The, and now I'm sober because mm -hmm. when you get sober, now all of a sudden you start to feel everything. Yeah. You're healing, but you're feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, try doing surgery without any anesthesia. So it's it sucked. It was terrible. So here I was, and I ended up going away and I was broken. And my therapist sent me away to Tennessee, which is on the other side of the United States. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea how I got there. No recollection of it. And I spent about three weeks there. And I remembered the day that it happened that I was able to find out through the therapy that I was going through. I was diagnosed with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. From that eight-year-old boy processing being adopted. Right. So once I found out I'm special and I'm a gift from God, were unbelievably great answers. And they were perfect answers. Once I was able to understand that and accept that, my whole life has changed. Wow. Now, everything that you and I have been talking about for the last 20 minutes has mm -hmm. been about, oh, how this is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible. I am probably one of the luckiest, most fortunate, happiest people you will ever meet in your entire life. Because of what has taken place from that time in the spring of 2016 until today. So did you feel like a weight of your shoulder identifying that moment and, you know, or what, how did it change your life and, and you? It changed everything. I forgave myself. Mm -hmm. I, that path that I had walked down that path that very few people had traveled. I started walking back, going back to get on the path that just about everyone else was on. Um, I made amends to everyone who I needed to make amends to. Mm -hmm. First one was me. Yeah. Um, reached out to my, my sisters said, Hey, you know, this is where I'm at. Um, 
filed for divorce from the from the individual I was married to. Um, mm-hmm. Said, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have married you. I'm, I'm really sorry. You deserve much better than me. I started to take everything more serious. I I started living in the I don't have any regrets on my yesterdays, meaning if I needed to apologize, Julie, I apologize. But I put my head on my pillow at night and I fall asleep like that because I don't have any regrets on what I did. Mm -hmm. I'm living the heck out of my todays and I'm prepared for my tomorrows. So this was, I used to live for 45 plus years. I used to live, I don't care about my yesterdays. I don't even, I'm not even aware of my today is that I'm hoping that tomorrow is going to be better. Mm-hmm. So I completely reversed. And now my career, I'm at the top of my field. I have a beautiful life partner. She's absolutely great. My boys are incredible. I became a grandfather mm-hmm. and something unbelievably magical happened during the summer of 2019. Would you like to hear about it? Of course. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I was sitting at a conference. Um, it was in the spring. I was at a conference and there was this show that was on TV. On TV and it was on for about 10 years. And the, I think it was called The 100 Things to Do Before You Die. And everyone has this list of everything that they want to do before they die. Well, the guy who created the show was speaking and he walked off the stage. And as he walked off the stage, I happened to be sitting in the front row and I got up and I met him. I stuck out my hand and I said, my name is Tom Freeman. And I want to let you know that I've always wanted to have something on my list. And not only did I put it on my list today after hearing you, but I'm going to make it my number one. And he goes, what is it? And I said, I'm going to find my biological mother. He reaches in his pocket and goes, here's my cell number. Stay in touch with me. Let me know how it goes. Got home. I was dating this gal at the time. Mm. And she had a gift. She's a medium. And so she has that gift that she's able to speak with the deceased. And she was really encouraging me to look. Everyone was encouraging me throughout the course of time to look. Well, what I didn't tell you, Julie, is that every time I asked, it became a problem with my parents. Oh, okay. Every time I brought it up, hey, I'd really like to find out my, my nationality. Um, do you know anything about my parents? Do I have any health concerns in my future? Mm-hmm. Well, what ultimately ended up happening is, is that I would get, I I got this one sheet of paper and it told me basically I was European. Okay. And that my mother was 17 and my father was 19. My mother was a state sewing champion and my father parked cars as a part-time job while he went to a community college and my mother was still in high school. That's this one little piece of paper, this big, that that's all I had. Right. Well, when my mom died, my older sister came to my hotel room for the funeral. She came to my hotel room and she showed up with a box. And she goes, I was going through mom's stuff and I think this belongs to you. And to this day, I have no idea where this box is. I've lost it. I can't I believe I've lost it. I have no idea where it is. But in that was a book. So I was born on July 14th and I was adopted on September 3rd. And while you're special and while you're a gift from God, I understood that. Now, I never knew where I was for seven weeks. Mm. Well, when I opened up this box, there was a baby book and it was a bunch of different handwriting. Um, he opened his eyes today. He laughed today. He took three bottles today. You know, he, 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 he rolled over today. So I had all these 
nurses or whatever writing in my baby book. Mm-hmm. And for a moment, I had this baby book and it's gone. I don't, I think I'm to this day, I think I actually had it. I know I didn't dream this yeah. because my sister saw it and I said, mm-hmm. Hey, you saw that, right? That wasn't a dream. And she goes, yeah, I saw it. And I, I can't believe I lost it. Maybe it will reappear also, or something. Yeah, it'll, it'll reappear. So what ultimately ended up happening was that I made the decision that I was going to look for my mm-hmm. biological mother. Because for 50 years, I had always said, if my biological mother is sitting right there at that table in that restaurant, I'm going to sit down right next to her, strike up a conversation, never telling her who I am. I'm just going to get to know her. I want to see with the color of her eyes. I want to see how she smiles. I want to know her personality. I'll pay for her dinner and I'll leave her alone. But I want to be able to see her so I can see Mm -hmm. where I came from. Because when you have no information, then you have a lot of questions that are unanswered. Basically, like, were you making up, you know, a story in your head when you were eight? And then how, how do you cope with not knowing? That's, that's, (laughs) yes, I created a story in my head. And I created so many different outcomes Mm -hmm. that that movie was never made. So I'm sitting here on a Sunday night and I would get on Google and I typed into Google, find my birth parents and birth parent finder popped up. It's a website. And I was like, okay, I'll put put in my info. And this woman, Linda called me the next day. She goes, Tom, I saw your inquiry into blah, blah, blah. And she goes, we can find your birth mother. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah whatever. I mean, y'all say you can do it. And she goes, no, we actually can't. We have this technology. We're only, there's only seven companies that have this technology. We're one of them. We can find your birth mother. And I was like, okay, hang on. This is too much. I said, I'll call you back tomorrow. She Mm -hmm. goes, I'll call you. I said, okay. She goes, I'm going to send you some information. I want you to do some research on it. So I went, I did the research She called me the next day, Tuesday morning, and we were talking. I was like, okay, fine, let's do it. It's $3,000, whatever. Sure, go ahead. I didn't believe they were going to be able to do it. They called me back a couple hours later, and they're like, hey, do you have 23andMe results? And I said, yeah, but I don't have anything closer than a third or fourth. And they said, just send us a screenshot of your closest relatives. They called me back one more time, and they said, I can't remember what exactly what they said, but it was clarifying the 23 and me. I said, okay, have a good night. This was Tuesday, Wednesday morning at seven o'clock, 7.15. I'm sitting in my office. The phone rings and it's Jay, the investigator. And he says to me, Tom, are you sitting down? And I said, yeah. And he says, no, seriously, are you sitting down? Yes, Jay, I'm sitting down. Mm-hmm. I think he might have even asked one more time. And he says, can you pull up your computer, please, and log into your Facebook account and type in this name? So uh, mm-hmm. he goes, oh, take a selfie of yourself right now and send it to me. It's like, okay. So I take a selfie, send it to him. And he goes, do you recognize this woman? And I was like, man, she looks a lot like my mom, my adopted mom. 
She goes, okay, that's your biological mother. Mm. Wow. Here I am staring at my biological mother and she looks very similar to my mother who raised me. And he goes, are you sitting down? Yes, Jay, I'm sitting down. <laughs> Type in this name. That morning, I found out that my biological mother stayed in the same exact area, lived 20 minutes from me. Mm. Those crazy kids, 17 and 19 years of age, ended up getting married three years after they gave me up for adoption, wow. were married for over 20 years. That morning, I saw pictures of my biological father, my biological 100% sister and 100% brother. And I found out that my biological sister went to the same all girls high school as my sisters and my biological brother went to the same all boys high school as I did. We all grew up in the really? same exact, wow. mm -hmm. we all grew up in the same area. Now, she, my sister's 10 years younger than me and my brother's 14 years younger than me. So we never would have run in the same social circles. Mm -hmm. But here I am looking at social media and I'm looking at these people and I'm like, they look like me. So I called people in the office and I said, uh, cancel my day. Yeah. I, 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 I got to <laughs> process this. I called my oldest sister, called boy's mother, my boy's mother. And I said, hey, this is what's going on. Mm. So they that day decided to go on their own social media hunt and they decided to start putting together this family tree. And it was about a week later when my biological mother and I had a phone call. Right. So did you reach out to her or how did the investigator work? reached out? The investigator okay. reached out and it was a it's cool story. She the investigator calls her calls her, calls her, calls her. She finally answers. She calls my father. There's been divorced for 20 years. He's on a motorcycle ride in Canada with his brothers. She leaves him a message saying, hey, you know that thing from 50 years ago? Uh, you need to call me. And so he gets off his bike, calls her, leaves his motorcycle in Canada, flies home. Oh, wow. They sit down with their, their, their kids, my brother and sister. They meet with them. And this thing all happened within a week. Crazy. It was. And then maybe it's also because every everyone was ready at this point, right? Everyone was ready. Mm. Well, no, 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 no. Everyone. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. No one was ready. No one was ready. So oh. for the listeners, whoever's listening to this from this point on out, thank you for listening. Pay very close attention to what I'm going to say. I was the only one looking. Okay. My brother and sister had no idea it existed. So I'll fast forward to the end. I don't have a relationship with my brother and sister. My sister, she's always been the oldest with the only one that gave my biological parents grandchildren. I come along, I'm the oldest, and I gave two grandchildren. So she told me, I have a problem with you. It's like, okay, fine. You have a problem with me. Uh, my brother, we're 14 years apart. My 
we don't have a relationship. Mm. Did you ever meet them or not at all? Oh yeah. 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 So takes about a week for them to get it all together because they had never told the kids mm. about me. So they had to meet and tell the kids about me. Then my biological mother and I, we have our first phone conversation, three hours on the phone. Wow. The next day, two hours on the phone. We agree. Let's meet. I meet her on July 14th, 2019. That date is significant because that was my 50th birthday. That was the 50th anniversary of me being born and her giving me up. Wow. And as I walked up the front porch, uh, walked up to her front porch and we saw each other and we saw each other for the first time and just smiled and hugged. Not a word was said. We just smiled and hugged each other. I still have that picture. And I spent the night at her house and it was like two cats staring at each other. It was, it was hilarious. It was awesome. Loved it. But she made me dinner. We sat and we talked all night. Mm -hmm. I stayed the next day and then I flew home. Two weeks later, I met my dad. Two weeks after that, I met my brother and sister. So fast. It was so fast. So mm -hmm. fast. Now, it sounds like it's a great ending. They weren't looking for me. So my mom still had to deal with her guilt. My dad had to still deal with his guilt. Mm -hmm. My brother and sister had to deal with the fact that there's someone new that they didn't know about. So my mom and I stayed very close for about six months and then it completely stopped. It was too much for her. Mm. My dad and I started off real slow and became very close so where is it today i live in las vegas my dad and his wife have been out here a few times i've been to see them a few times we talk all the time we talk mm. once a week nice my mom she's been out here i've been to her house um, we've reconciled um, we had to have a conversation. So she pulled back on me and I pushed back on her. I said, no, you're not leaving me again. Yeah. It's painful. No. Yeah. You're not, you're not abandoning me twice. So I'll give you a little bit of time, but you ain't going away. And so we have sat down and had incredible conversations and we have a very good relationship. So is it a happy ending? Yeah. It's a happy story. But mm -hmm. this is not this is not the ending. There's still many more chapters. I'm still young. I'm no I'll be 53 this summer. I'm I'm young. They're young. They were they weren't even 20 when they had me. So um, we still have a lot of life to live. So this is not a happy ending. It's just a happy story. It's crazy because you were born on the 19th of July, 69, right? 14th of July. Oh, 50 years later. On my mm -hmm. birthday, mm. I met my I met my biological mother. Crazy, yeah, yeah. And, and you're gonna love this. I me. finally <laughs> found out. So you know, you so I'm like, all right. So which one of you gave me these oversized hands? Which one of you gave me this turkey, you know, waddle thing under my neck? Which, and you know, we're looking at each other. My dad gave me my hands and feet and my neck. My mom gave me the eyes and personality. 
and we're just going through everything and we're just enjoying one another. Mm-hmm. Just enjoying one another. Oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought. What was it? I... Anyways, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. No, I was wondering because you said that obviously your adoption was like had a massive impact on your life for many years, not always yeah. on the you know positive side, and that you kind of like married young and wanted kids and so on. Did it impact in any way your relationship with your kids or did you have any fears of becoming a dad for any reason that yeah. would be linked to being adopted? Yes, I completely smothered my children. Mm-hmm. I did the exact opposite. I'm never going to abandon you. In fact, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to leave your side. I'm going to always be with you. I will coach you. I will help you with your homework. I'll cook for you. I'll do everything for you for the rest of your life. And it is, uh, I didn't allow them to be kids. Hmm. And so I smothered them. So I did the exact opposite. Hmm. They've forgiven That's interesting. me. They've forgiven me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we all do what we think is best as well, right? It's yeah. hard sometimes yeah. when there's a very strong emotional bond yeah. and situation to take a step back and see what's really going on so right for sure well there's there's also something important in here and, and new york just did it a couple years ago where they unsealed their records and california still hasn't unsealed their records and look i mean am i grateful that my biological mother and father gave me up for adoption am i grateful yes mm-hmm. they, they were not They were not prepared. She was still in high school. So thankfully there is adoption. But California has sealed records. And there's so much more to this story. I could talk to you for hours, but there's so much more to the story. And every time we called social services, they couldn't talk to me. They knew the information, but they couldn't talk to me. Yeah, that must be frustrating on It both sides, by the way. Right. Not, Now, yeah. not everyone wants to be found. Like I even asked my dad, mm. I said, hey, dad, And he wants me to call him dad. And my mom wants me to call her by her name. Mm-hmm. And, and th- this whole thing is just, there's so many different. And I said, hey, dad, did you ever look for me? And he goes, no. And I said, did you ever want to look for me? And he goes, no. And I said, I'm okay with that. And he goes, I had to stop thinking about you. Mm. It's not that I didn't want to. I had to stop thinking about you. And I said, I totally get it. I go, like, to be you honest. You can take the truth, yeah. Yeah. I said, to be honest, I never thought about you, dad. I always thought about mom Mm. because I knew mom made me mom. I knew mom delivered me, but Mm -hmm. I just figured that, you know, dad maybe was a traveling salesperson or home from the war or something like that, you know? So yeah, I never thought about stories that that we hear sometimes where, yeah. Yeah. Movies. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Oh, yes. That's interesting. And I guess it's still, you know, something that you have to, to navigate. And did they meet your kids? Earlier in March, my biological mother, we went up to Lake Tahoe in California. I flew my boys up and we all met in Lake Tahoe. And so now my boys have met my biological mother. And that just happened a few weeks ago. And this summer, um, they'll meet my biological father. 
Mm. Yeah, that that must be something as well. And is there anything that you would like to tell someone who would like to adopt yeah. a kid? Yeah. Well, first of all, I remembered what yeah. I forgot earlier. So this mm -hmm. whole time I thought I was European and everything. You know what yeah. I found out I was? No. So they named me. I'm not going to say my name, um, but they named me, which made which made it more difficult for them to find me. Yeah. Um, I found out I'm mostly French. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And if I told you my last name that they named me, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's French. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, I, I found out. But as far as advice, if you want to adopt, adopt. Do it. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. But when you tell your child, please understand that what you're telling your child and what your child is hearing probably isn't the same thing. Mm -hmm. And have that conversation and keep it open. Please don't ever discourage it. Please don't ever hide it. Because the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous are filled with adoptees. Mm. The rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, the individuals that are suffering from dependency issues, the overwhelming majority of them are adopted kids. Interesting. Who became adults. So talk to your children, keep it open, and don't smother them. Just make sure that you understand how they're processing it. Mm -hmm. Yes, because it depends on each person, obviously. So, yeah. Because I'm special, I'm a gift from God, is a truly perfect answer. Mm -hmm. But I didn't believe it. Yeah. And so you have pieces of the puzzle from your adoptive parents, your biological parents, from a little bit everyone and also within yourself. Are there still missing pieces? Or did you, do you think you have a pretty complete puzzle now? Or do you still have some unanswered questions? I think I would love to be at a family reunion one day. I have met. Like I, I, when I saw my uncle, when I walked in and saw my uncle, the first person who saw me was my uncle's wife. So my aunt. And when she saw me, she went, oh, because he and I look like identical twins. And so she is actually going to be in Vegas next Friday with the two of them are going to be in Vegas and they've invited us out to dinner. So as long as I can start to meet people, Um, or maybe just show up at uh, at a family reunion, then it will be, and then it will be complete. Mm. Interesting, yeah. Because there are so many things like to you know a family, and you have two, so it's it's uh, <laughs> I guess yeah. Yeah, because there's also obviously some information that only your adopted parents would have, to, like as well, and yeah. That's one other one other thing. So if anybody who's adopted and is listening to this and you're and you're you're wondering, do I make that decision? I can't tell you whether or not to make that decision. But if you've made contact. One of the things that my parents told me that proved to be very important was I wrote a letter. And in that letter, I said, I don't want money. Mm -hmm. I don't want I'm successful. I have a great life. I'm, 
I only want to see you, to understand my, my health, my, who gave me my hands, who gave me my personality. I just want to be able to meet you. That's it. I don't, I'm not asking for anything else. And that seven page letter that I wrote ended up being one of the main reasons why they chose to meet with me. Mm. So that, that if you're adopted and you're listening to this and you want to make that, um, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. And those are your reasons. Um, make, That's great advice. Make sure you write that letter. That's great advice for sure. Cause yeah, now that you mentioned that, yeah, of course, some people would be a bit paranoid or like, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. yeah, especially because I think it used to be such a taboo subject as well. You know, I, I think especially teenage pregnancies, I guess a lot of parents were also ashamed that their kids were pregnant so early. So it's like, let's not talk about it with anyone. Let's pretend it didn't right. exist. You're going to go to boarding school for nine months. And, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that, and yeah. that happened with my mom. So. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, I hope the process is a bit more relax now I don't know it must depend on the country as well and like the religion and so on people are more accepting of people these days so mm -hmm. I hope yeah is there any last advice that you would like to share uh, I just I want to thank you for the time I love um, if one person can feel better about adopting a child or being adopted themselves from listening from this then uh, then then my, my job is done. But thank you for the time. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Tom. It was very, like, I, I mean, I had tears at some, at some point, so it was really touching and yet inspiring as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know. If you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to write a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already. That's it for me. See you soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, have a lovely day. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 